Hey, Voidfarers, it's me, Jules. We're taking this Monday off for Memorial Day, but we'll be right back at you with a new episode next week. While you're here, check out Cast Party, our post-show discussion podcast hosted by the one and only Bianca. This is a Patreon-exclusive podcast, but we're giving you this first episode for free. If you want to support this podcast, hop on over to patreon.com slash the pod has been cast. We have multiple membership tiers starting at $2 uh, for you to help us out. Um, Every little bit makes this podcast even bigger and better than before. Uh, We appreciate your support and the ongoing support of our Patreons. Hey, listen, in this economy, it's tough, all right? If you can't support us on Patreon, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. That really helps get the word out and get eyes on this podcast. Um, Either way, we love you. Thank you for joining us. And uh, be safe out there, darlings. We'll catch you next time. Welcome to the Pod Has Been Cast Into the Void. And welcome to Cast Party, the post pod podcast breakdown extravaganza. I'm, I know, (laughs) right? So fun, so many words. (laughs) Um, Hey, I'm your host, Bianca Vips, uh, and I am so excited to be chatting with our illustrious, imaginative, (laughs) patient, (laughs) brilliant DM, Jules. Hey, Jules. Darling. How Thank are you? you? For me. I'm okay. I was telling you before we started that my house is under attack by ants. So and I'm going to be like sort of twitching and patting down my body as I feel like <laughs> a phantom tickle. <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, as you know, Jules, and, and I don't think I've ever talked about this in a podcast, but there was a brief period of time where my apartment was infested with roaches. Yeah, it was significantly and- worse. It's like, which is terrible because they're bigger, but like yeah. it was it, people, I would tell people, I'd be like, my house is infested with roaches. And they'd be like, oh, have you laid traps out? And I'm like, what do you think this is? My first day on earth? <laughs> yeah, of course, I've laid traps down. They shit on the traps. They don't care. <laughs> shit on the traps. It's fucking roaches. Um, I don't fuck with roaches. I've never had roaches. Knock on wood, I suppose. Knock on wood. But um, I, I couldn't. It can't be me. (laughs) No, and it shouldn't be. And um, I'll take that curse for everyone. Um, Listeners, comment below with what bug you would hate your house to be. Didn't you have like a mouse at one point too? We yes, we did many moons ago, which is how I got um, Lady Catelyn, who is now sitting to my left. Is that um, my my partner at the time uh, was (laughs) was trapped with a rat for nine weeks? Oh, good lord. I know. See, that's that real city living. I can't. Uh, <laughs> it is. It is real city living. And like since then, obviously, knock on wood, <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a mouse problem because the smell of cats keeps rats away, but only rats. Bugs I think I could emotionally shit. handle a mouse. No. If it were a, a rat. I would have to move. I, <laughs> I would I'd have simply to. have to go. I don't know if y'all know. I mean, I think a lot of our listeners are from Chicago, but those of you that aren't, the rats in Chicago ain't playing games with you. <laughs> like, no. no. These aren't pretend rats. Like, these are real ass rats. They're real ass rats. <laughs> I They're gigantic. Yeah. And I've never lived in a city where I have seen rats 
out in the wild. Oh yeah. Um, and so it was a it was a big. <laughs> they did. They did. It was a big culture blame. shock for me. Uh, I come. I from, think they released like from a down bunch of feral cats into the city too to like. I don't know. Do they do that? Yeah, I think that's like a thing that they do. <laughs> okay, now that we've talked about um, the city of Chicago for twelve minutes, <laughs> um, welcome to Cast Party. Um, this is a behind-the-scenes, like post-show breakdown talk show, fun time. Fun time. Um, where I will um, occasionally bring in my fellow cast members and DM to chat about um, what's been going on in the show thus far uh so today i'm really excited to be talking to you jules i'm excited too i'm, I'm, I'm glad the other two are fucking gone yeah can, oh, right it's just us <laughs> it's just calm peaceful um there's no gender here it's yeah, listen just if so... you're here for robert's corner it's not here right? it's not here Okay. Robert has no real estate on this. <laughs> you want one block over. All right. <laughs> this is a queer commune um, where there are no bugs. <laughs> we live in the biosphere. Okay. I'm just going to jump right in um, because I love, um, I was really excited to do this, like yeah. behind the scenes, behind the screen DM chat, because um one of the things that I love most in this world is tabletop RPGs. Yes. I just think that they're like such a fun tool for collaborative storytelling. And like the, it's so, <laughs> it's impossible to describe, to describe like your D&D game to anybody else who has yeah. not been there for every Absolutely. session. It is like such like a delightful, emotional inside joke. <laughs> and I just think it's so, I just think it's so fun. But I want to talk to you a little bit about your process oh, for wow. like planning a campaign. Yeah. I'm curious um, to know if, because you've run many campaigns, yes? I do, unfortunately. Yeah, I do. I <laughs> how many, sort of how many are you currently running right now? Running? You know yeah. what's weird? Because I'm actually, I think I'm for the first time in my life, in my life, uh, playing <laughs> more than I'm running, which is like so rare. But I think I've raised a lot of baby DMs and now I'm sort of in my retirement phase, like reaping <laughs> the benefits of that. Um, That's but, so um, real. Let's see. I, so I do the podcast, which I count. Yes, <laughs> um, of course. I do a Monster of the Week. Very fun. I do Tomb of Annihilation. I have to just, like give them names, otherwise I'm not going to. <laughs> remember i do tomb of annihilation i i have one client game right now like one like sort of paid game very um, cool yeah it is cool i like i like money <laughs> yeah we love money and we love getting money for the things we like to do oh and then i have my my work game so that's five so so that's five that i am like actively running and then there are things that like we do every once in a while that are, i don't really count um and then playing in yeah I do our good friend and current editor of this <laughs> mini podcast, David Moreland's uh, uh, Hi, David. game. And then I do <laughs> Nick Bromley, friend of the podcast from Tell Me Where I Lose You. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do his game. I do my buddy Paul's game. Oh, my God, dude. What am I doing with my life? It's also <laughs> raining now, which might affect our audio, but here we are. Oh. This is just what's oh. happening. This Love this. Um, yeah, I'm like unfortunately right next to my window, but it'll be Sorry, like David. soothing rain sounds. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> this is supposed to be soothing. 
Oh, oh, I think that's. I think that's. Oh, and then my 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 buddy John, uh, John Ham, not the famous actor, but that's a less famous actor. Um, so that's nine. So that's nine campaigns in total that I'm involved in. Five of which I'm running, four of which I'm playing in. What happened? Where, <laughs> where do you find the time? <laughs> what happened? What happened? I was just. Um. Um. I have nine games. Do you have a favorite? It's okay if you do. And it's okay if it's not the podcast. I you can be th- honest here. No, no, that's fair. I don't know if I have like a fate. You know, okay. Well, God, I'm going to get in so much trouble because let's see. I think I really love <laughs> playing my work game mm. because there's just like a bunch of people that have never played um, D&D before. Actually, Hannah Beeler, one of our, our Patreons, plays in that game with me. And... um. It's just sort of fun playing with people that are still delighted by D&D, you know, still like yes. su- sort of surprised, you know, they interact with a creature and they don't immediately know like, oh, that's a right. mimic, you know? <laughs> like, yes. Like no, that. it's so nice. I'm running a campaign for, for three people, two of whom have never played D&D before. And it's yeah. so nice to play a game outside of like the expectations of D&D. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's it's like you can surprise them with things and, and they are they make choices for their characters that aren't like super obvious, you know, like they're not yeah. building the strongest things. They're just making choices of like, oh, I don't like that my intelligence is so low, so I'm gonna use my ability score to improve that, even to though I'm a fighter that. and I don't need it. <laughs> and I <Yeah>. just like <laughs> think that's interesting. Uh, for gameplay, so I love playing with them. I, you know, I, I, I also I love running Tomb of Annihilation because I am playing that with like some of my very best friends in the world. However, <laughs> I just am not good at running modules. I don't know. I it's suck hard. At it. It it's is. hard, and I think I mean I don't know. Uh, uh, for those of you listening at home that yeah. are like, "What the fuck is a module?" Um, Fair. um, Wizards of the Coast and and other companies will release. Um, basically like books that have like pre-written adventures and dungeons and NPCs. So like they have like they do all the heavy lifting for you. But I do find it really difficult because I enjoy a game that feels a little more personal. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And it's hard yeah. to like personalize a module for um for for a group of people, I think. Right. And like modules will generally have a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, you'll have some traps, you'll have dungeons, you'll have dragons, you'll have encounters, you'll have, you know, like, just, like, mechanics that I find that I have naturally just eliminated from games because I don't like doing them. Yeah. So, then, <laughs> when I'm sit down to play Tomb of Annihilation and I have to do traps, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, but I hate these. Oh, but I hate this. And Tomb of Annihilation is nothing but it's traps. All traps. It's all traps. <laughs> so... I mean, but, you know, I think they have a good time and I like hanging out with them. So even if I'm like kind of rolling my eyes constantly at the game itself, like we're still having a good time. Yeah. But I love all my babies. Of course, you know, the pot has been cast for me is more than just a game. It's like something it's turned into so much more to me. So which is a perfect segue, because I do (laughs) want to talk a little bit about um, the difference in planning a campaign for example, like for your work friends uh-huh. or um, or or for the clients versus something that, you know, is is meant to be like produced and listened to. Was there like a big was there like a big difference in the way that you approach this or no? Holy shit. Yeah. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it still is a mind fuck in some ways because it's sort of like letting someone see your messy room, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like improvising, like storytelling for an audience, you know, versus just me and my friends are playing a made up. <laughs> wizard game <laughs> you know? so i just had to be very thoughtful of like okay this needs to be organic storytelling because that's where dungeons and dragons thrives or any tabletop rpg thrives mm -hmm. um but also there needs to be some sort of narrative payoff right because like if you're gonna sit down and listen to something it has to be intelligible Yes. And I feel yeah. like if I was to turn one of my other, like, for instance, you know, my, my work game that we were just talking about, if I was to turn that into a podcast, people would be like, wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> there, there are no plot <laughs> hooks. There are, like, no threads. It's just kind of <laughs> like they, they just do things and I respond to them, you know. So I don't do a lot of prep for normal games that I run. I kind of just let them run, you know. And if I see an opportunity yeah. for storytelling, I'll take it. But I'm not super hands-on in planning. Um, whereas, like, PHB cast I mostly just make like I think the equivalent of like a wiki for it you know oh like, my god no like, I don't know tell me more about that um when you say like a wiki like do you have like 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 I'm imagining like a Wikipedia page, obviously, with, like, links and things to different, like, NPCs and, like, lore yeah, bits. Yeah, yeah, that, but, like, bad. Like, imagine it worse than what you're imagining. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, essentially, so what I'll do is I'll build out locations or, like, rooms is what I call them, and then I'll just put things in those rooms. And it's usually, like, five things in every location that are, like, worth interacting with. And, like, some things... <laughs> your face right now. Some things, like, have to happen, Right. And yeah. some things could happen. Um, yeah. So, you know, if we take an example from the show, you know, if we talk about, uh, what was that? The uh, the gala, right? Where we had um, yes. uh, Nikki Morgan, we sang that song and we had the assassination, right? So there's certain things in those that like had to happen, like story markers, right? So like right. you had so many kind of interactions before the presentation started. And, like, once the presentation starts, that shifts everything over to, like, the next thing. Yeah. in the next phase, you only have so many actions before the assassination happens. One of which could be preventing it, right? But that just, like, never really we happened, didn't. never really came up. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Um, but the other, and then, of course, there are distractions. There are things like, you know, Xandar running off with uh, Dax was, like, a uh. distraction. And then you and um, Elijah were, like, distractions that like, yeah. sort of prevent you, not prevent you, but sort of make it harder for you to notice other things that are supposed to take place. Right? Yeah, that so. is, it's funny that you mentioned that because I've been thinking about the gala a lot, which feels yeah. like a big turning point in the campaign. Oh, for sure. Like up until then, there were a lot of, I feel like that was like where the threads began to come together. And like we as the players began to see like the picture of the tapestry that you had been weaving. Oh. Because like before then, we had been, you know, doing a lot of like exploration and like sort of like coming to our own conclusions and developing opinions about certain NPCs. And then at the gala, we were sort of like confronted with the reality. Like, I think that is canonically, and somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, I think canonically, that is the first and only time that we have ever seen Ezekiel Harper physically in person. 
I do believe so, other than your sort of chat with him in the hotel room, which, you know, <laughs> again, you sort of have like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> we can't get into that yet. <laughs> yeah, you sort of I have a barrier there. But, uh, I mean, yeah, and those are things that I know that I'm like, oh, this is not a character that I'm going to allow them to have too much physical interaction with. So I'm really going to control how that, how and when that happens. You know, yes. Um, like access is important because you know I, I think what makes these games feel alive is when NPCs have machinations beyond your characters. Mm-hmm. You know, like they mm-hmm. have things that they were going to do regardless of whether you all showed up or not. Yes. What you all can do is mess with those machinations. You know, yes. And then when their plans go wrong, you know, how do they adjust? That's I. That's for me is what makes it feel like an organic world is that like things are going on behind the scenes. Deals are being made. People are talking to other people and you just can't, you don't have time to interact with everyone. No, it's impossible. And it makes it feel um, like you said, like more organic and natural and also like really raises the stakes. If we can't be heroes all the time because we can't be everywhere all the time. Yeah. And like, you know, one time I did this bad <laughs> was because I've made so many mistakes on this podcast. But I mean, <gasps> you all are very forgiving and I try to be forgiving to myself. Yes. But like the bear axe, you know, one of the first places we went to, I think I put five story threads in that bar. And I was like, the story will go based on whatever they choose to interact with, right? Yeah. So like, there was like a whole sort of subplot mission thing that you all were like uninteresting and moved on from. And I'm like, great. That helps me know what is not interesting to you. And it was like, and you know, I might use them, but they're like these sure. two hot elves i think in one of the booths somebody go back and play back the record uh you'll also notice that there is a few private tables kind of up along the wall one of them has uh three people sort of sitting in it um they're all very gorgeously attractive with like long platinum blonde hair uh the one in the middle keeps like sort of taking pictures of themselves and then like showing it to the other ones who like are sort of nodding disapprovingly and then, like, they take another picture. Um, but, like, yeah. you know, Xander <laughs> rolled a really high check in that room. I just kind of told Xander everything that was in there. And, like, some of them were just, like, red herrings, just, like, things that would take you on a completely different world. So sometimes I wonder how different things would be. Because I think immediately Xander went for shale, which yes. sort of, like, started the whole shale thread. The and whole like, shale thread, which took us to a lot of places, because if it wasn't, if we hadn't talked to Shale, we wouldn't have stayed in Shale's apartment. Exactly. And if we didn't stay in Shale's apartment, we would have never found out about Patch right. and right. um and like all of the stuff that happened in the junkyard. That's wild. One of the questions that I I wanted to to ask was like, were there moments <laughs> or plot hooks that we didn't pick up on? And that is is fascinating. And I won't ask you to go deep into them in case you want to pull them back out for later. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know, but some of them I forget about because I'm just like, oh, I, I, here's my, my biggest thing as a DM, and like I don't really apply a lot of rules to myself. I think I'm just having as much fun making shit up as you all are. Yeah. But whatever the players find interesting has to be the most interesting thing about the story. Mm. Like, it can Mm -hmm. never be, you know, Rain wants to go look at something and it's, you know, fucking boring. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that for me is the worst part. 
Yeah. Um, so, like, if you all are interested in something, that thing has to become more interesting than what it originally was, regardless. Yes, yeah. because because I think like like one of the things that was really um, beneficial for me to learn as a baby DM early on was mm. like, I I am not um, in charge of deciding what the story is going to be, but rather yeah. facilitating where the story goes instead of like so as to not like be like okay this is the one thing that i hope they pick up on and if they don't pick up on this i guess i'll just kill myself (laughs) (laughs) that's what it can feel like sometimes you know and that's why you know if 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 something has to happen i just put obstacles right and if you like really want something not to happen you like the the characters will get there but if they genuinely miss it, like sometimes that's an opportunity. I'm like, okay, well, I can use this as a storytelling moment. You know, I think we had a very <laughs> big instance of that recently that we'll talk about some other time. <laughs> Listeners, you, yeah, well, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about that. But you, and, and, and these are things that I necessarily wouldn't do in a normal campaign. But there does need to be narrative push, right? There has yeah. to be like immediate, like sort of consequences, immediate payoff. We have to see the story, whatever the story ends up being, kind of moving forward, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Were there any moments as you were like planning out the 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 sort of like outline of this campaign? Were there any moments that you knew were going to be cornerstones? Like, for example, like like did you know? at like episode one that like mm. we were going to do the hack Olympics. Oh, you know, that's a good question. Um, I guess not necessarily the hack Olympics. I knew mm. that that was going to be a thing, but how much I wanted you all to interact with it was constantly changing really up until the <laughs> moment in which uh birdie like sort of mentioned it. I was just still like, I don't know if I really want them to spend time doing this thing, but I do think it is like mildly interest entertaining to me. Um, cornerstones I always had were, you know, initially, of course, the dragon, right? Yeah. At the very beginning, like that is an immediate story beat. And then from there, there were sort of flexible story beats. I guess what I did (laughs) to some success is like I put every important, not important, like every important, but like I put like several major NPCs right in your laps at the very beginning of this campaign. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of like, you tell me what you're into. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and like what I learned is like, okay, they don't really care too much about the church stuff, the Zodiac church stuff. So that becomes less interesting. But yeah. They seem very interested in Orion. They seem very interested, very interested in he- uh, Hestia. So Ugh. I'm like, those things are now moving up in story and like taking more of a precedent because they're more interested in that sort of thing. So I'm not going to keep pushing Father Maiden down your fucking throats. <laughs> oh, Father Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> if you are generally not interested in that character, because that does me no favors, you know? Yeah, definitely. And like, I do, I do, I think about our days are, I'd like to think about our early days on the ship um, <laughs> um, as sort of like, I, I, I think one of the things that, that you did really well that I really enjoyed was that there was somebody on the ship for each of us. Yeah. That like there were, you know, like like I think about Hestia and Rain's interactions a lot because mm. like that is like a relationship that is so fascinating to me as a person who gets to be on the outside of that like like watching you know watching rain who's very headstrong and idealistic and very opinionated go up against a woman who is very 
sure of herself, very opinionated, like, but, but, but in, in a very like closed off way. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a weird character. I don't know. I don't even I, know <laughs> Will she come back? Remember her boyfriend? Yeah. Her, her, her mind, her flare, mind flare boo, who I think about all the time. Oh my God. <laughs> Listeners, sound off in the comments below. Which NPC <laughs> you want us to see? Which NPC were you personally victimized by? Yes. Which NPC were you personally victimized by? Who was your favorite? I love. I love one of the things that I love is is being surprised by which NPCs my players latch on to. Sure. Um, I just think like that it's, you know, because because like you said, you make a variety of people because you want to build a world that feels natural and organic. Yeah. Um, and then you present these people to your and to, to your players and then they clearly pick favorites like I <laughs> if anything happens to those orphans. I yeah, the orphans, right. Right. Which I should have known. I mean, because well. <laughs> like you know, I had this this idea for this encounter at the water refinery, right? I like, yeah. I like, really just like loved the idea of just the entire tone of that thing, but I never really thought, okay, well, what happens to this kid? And I'll just be like, oh, I'll let them figure it out. But of course, you take the kid with you. Of course, <laughs> of course, he's a little weirdo. We fed him a hot dog. Like he's coming <laughs> with us. We took his. We took. We took the sapphire out of his dad's dead body oh and then God. traded it in for some smart Google glasses. You, <laughs> like, did, you did do that. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> very strange. Um, yeah, I mean, which is delightful because I think most versions of that I had in my head, he ended up dying. Right. <gasps> Like, like every time I sort of vic- uh, visualized how that story resolved was probably with him dying. And then, like, <laughs> you all just sort of went out of your way not to do that. And I was like, oh, these are the kind of players I have. That's interesting. Yeah, that <laughs> is like it's a really fascinating way to learn about. I can't even imagine. <laughs> Were we supposed to kill him? <laughs> you weren't supposed to. No, absolutely sure. not. I just thought <clears throat> this is probably the most simple way to resolve this is like you need this kid to stop doing what he's doing so you can resolve this quest you can get paid you can move on with your life this kid is an immediate obstacle like it's the easiest thing to <laughs> we were like rehabilitation <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take this boy and we're gonna give him some friends i mean because other than that sort of sound trap that i designed um he, he was just a kid right like yeah. wouldn't have taken more than one shot would have been like a done deal yeah. So it was just sort of a moral quandary, which I assumed would end. I, I honestly thought Xander probably would have taken him out. But I and I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, this is this is more interesting, I think. But now I have another NPC that I just... <laughs> <laughs> another person to keep track of, um, which uh, which I, I, I want to know um, if there are... If there were any, like, um, big surprises like us taking Donnie... Um, if there were anything anything else that we did that you were sort of um, not expecting or or situations that went um, differently than yeah. you anticipated. I mean, constantly, right? Like the whole <laughs> yeah. shape of the story. There are certain moments that I just kind of leave up to you. Like like mm-hmm. Donnie was a small moment because honestly, <laughs> it sounds bad, but, but emotionally for me, there are low stakes there, right? It's like, sure. I, it would be sad <laughs> if this kid dies, but it will teach me a lot about how these people are going to approach situations like this, you know? I'm very nervous. Whether yes. they're tactical or emotional. Um, mm-hmm. Another big one with um, Hestia, right? Oh, yeah. Which was like a situation where I was like, I don't know. The more you are learning about this person, the more problematic they become. Like, it's yeah. not the other way around. And then, you know, you're sort of 
confronted with this thing that is like, ooh, this is not good. This is probably a bad situation. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how this is going to shake out because uh, if Hestia dies, some things are going to change about this story, which is, you know, great, I think. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I think that Hestia is one of those characters that is so, like you were saying, like it just makes the world feel really organic and natural because there are people in the world who are like that. Yeah. Like awful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but are like a like a product of their circumstances. And I think like one of the things that you do really well as a DM is is everything is is complicated because that's just how Thank it you. is out in the real world. And so we have to make complicated decisions. Like it's one thing to be like, okay, Hestia committed a war crime, so we should murder her. Right. But then it becomes, well, did Hestia commit the war crime? She was told to commit the war crime and then was immediately betrayed by the people who told her to commit the war crime. So is that just like a reflection of like the world at large and like <laughs> society? But it 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 is, to me, I think those moments are what make tabletop role-playing games so fun because it, yeah. it, there is never in my life going to be a moment where I am probably faced with <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to eat those words i don't <laughs> you're so right. i don't want to but like but but you know i don't know what i would do in that situation and and so like getting to explore that through the lens of a character who is different but very similar to me i think um is is fascinating and like getting to yeah. explore that with Robert and Carlos together like I think that like it's just such a fun it's just fun it's fun I mean, to it's like a fun explore dynamic with the three of you right because like you all started out sort of like agreeing like we are all going to be friends yeah and then the more you all like kind of learn about each other the more difficult not difficult that friendship but you know you start to learn like oh okay I don't know if I actually know 100% about these people yeah <laughs> you know sometimes I do things I disagree with yes and I think that is so that's like one of the things that I think is really fun about the game too is that like we do things that I think are very honest to our characters and yeah. that provides like a lot of like in inter interparty conflict. <laughs> I think I'm using that one right. It's either inter or intra. Yeah, uh, yeah, someone you know, will correct yeah. me on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But between the three of us, but I think like one of the things that is really fun is is that we accept that as part of the game and are excited by it. Like it it brings me it's it's like it's fun to yeah. be in conflicts with each other because it just it, it, again it it makes things more complex yeah you know, you know i don't like really do temptation half-heartedly like there mm -hmm. are several times in the story where you all are sort of offered a seat at the table with people that you just feel bad about yeah but like those are like legit offers like you know like i, I was there's always a version of the story in which you all sort of pair with people that could be seen as bad people, you know, like yeah. every time Elijah was like making you an offer, like those are always like very genuine things, you know, what the outcome of it would be <laughs> is a little confusing, but you know, oh, you my know. God. Yeah. <laughs> are there, um, um, we are, we're coming up on, on, oh, on yeah, we're time. coming up on time. Oh my goodness. So I want to, um, I want to ask you just a couple more questions. Yeah. Um, if you had any advice mm. for baby DMs starting out, what are some things that you wish you had known at the beginning of your DMing career? Yeah. I mean, like take the pressure off, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. I think there's a lot of pressure on a DM to be like one of these famous podcast DMs like yeah. myself. No. <laughs> um, but you know, like you don't have to do all that 
just like play a game, you know? And like, yeah. you're not a PlayStation. You're not an Xbox. Your friends aren't playing you, right? Right. Like you should be having just as much fun playing D&D as your friends are playing D&D as characters. So yes. like make stories that interest you. If you like modules, play modules that interest yeah. you. If you want to make your own stuff, like make sure it's fun for you. Yes. Um, and don't like stress so much about, I don't know, doing the rules exactly right. There are a lot of them. And if you go back through all of our episodes, I make mistakes literally constantly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yes. the way it goes. At some point, it's like, well, it's not like they're going to knock on my door and be like, you forgot about encumbrance. Because, like, who cares? Oh, and who does it? You know, I've, you know, I've worked with DMs that are really into encumbrance. And if that's what you're into, like, make sure your players are into it. Please, God. But, <laughs> like, do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, do the fucking force march exhaustion. You know, do all that stuff if you want to do it. Uh, carry weight of gold and silver pieces. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's yeah. all there for somebody. So as long yeah. as you're having a good time running your games and your players are having a good time, then everyone feels safe and taken care of and, I don't know, full. Yes. <laughs> they all have yeah. snacks. Full of snacks <laughs> and happiness. I think it's a good time. Yeah. Take the pressure off. Yeah. That's a great... Take the pressure off. Have fun. Yeah. My last question for mm. you today. Um, I want to know what is... One of, if not your favorite moments in the podcast thus Whoa. far. Whoa, this is the last question. Yeah, so take uh, takes you can take some you can take some time to think about it. David will edit out the twenty minutes of silence. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite moments, huh? I can narrow it down for you too, if yeah. you need. Wait, yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to know, like, what was what was? Hear me. This is a better question. Okay. Um. What was a, a room, as you say, that you were really excited for us to discover? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Cool. You know, I, again, like, I, I was just really proud of the water refinery. Mm. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I just thought it was a nicely designed area for me. You know, yeah. You could say that I'm full of shit if you want. But, I like, for never. me, I was like, oh, I think I really put together, like, a nice uh, environment here. Um, It had like a a good mix of like social stakes and a lot of like interesting enemies that I think were occupying the space in believable ways. And like, you know, I did a lot of like clue layering in different locations and it really mattered how you interacted with that space, like how you decided to enter it really Mm -hmm. affected the game. Um, I think there were like three points of egress and I I, I don't know. I I like that kind of stuff. Um, Yeah. I felt similarly about... Like any of the party scenes, I put a lot of work into the party scenes. Like I love so, the, the uh, gala, and then again the reception at the Hack Olympics. Oh. Just have like a lot of things going on, and because I kind of wanted to feel like a party, you know, a party. You're always yeah. like seeing like two people over in the corner talking, and you're like, oh, I wish I knew what they were talking about, but I have to go over and talk to this person, you know. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I think all that's a lot of fun. Um, you know, one of my favorite moments is I do love your little date. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I thought that was really which one? <laughs> I love the skybox. Like, Every time gla- I or... blow your mind, I feel very good. It makes me. Feel it's my good. favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I am. I'll fight. I'll fight the boys on this. I'm your number one fan. I, <laughs> I am having <laughs> such a good time. It but brings you know, me so much joy because yeah. because you know I love stories and I love I love the way that you tell them. Oh. <laughs> You're so nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, okay. I don't know what to do with positive reinforcement, but I appreciate okay. it. I hope people you are know listening what? to it. <laughs> like we've had, we've had a lot of good responses from listeners, and yeah, as long as like ten people are listening and having fun, then I'm happy. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's where we'll where we'll wrap up for for the day. Nice. Um, I would give you all of our social medias, but this is a Patreon exclusive episode, yeah, so I assume us. that you, you know. know. Where to find us all about that um <laughs> if you have questions that you want um us to discuss on future episodes of cast party <clears throat> email us <laughs> um you can email us at uh the phbcast at gmail.com um we would love to see any of your questions and if you're a part of the discord you can drop them in the discord or dm me there um too um jules any parting words thanks b this was great yeah thank you um i'm really excited and and, uh and glad to be here (laughs) and that's a wrap we'll see you next time Bye. bye